Hi there, I'm Kendall, the founder and coach of Jones Coaching Group and the host of the Money Itch podcast, where I teach you everything that I learned while paying off over $71,000 in debt. I'm so excited that you joined us today. And before we get started, I just wanted to make a quick announcement. Upcoming, I have a freebie coming out that'll teach you how to finally build that budget. It's a very simple step-by-step guide that takes you through all the phases that I use when I first sit down with someone and build a budget for them. So if you're interested in receiving that, you can head over to jonescoachinggroup.com. It should be out a little bit later this week. But when you're on there, you send me an email and just say, hey, I'm curious and um, I want to get that information. You can scroll down the home page and just type it right in there. So since I got that out of the way, I just wanted to touch on a very serious topic that help that is something that plagues us around this time of year, and it's spending. Right now, it's the day after Thanksgiving, and we're about to go into that real crazy holiday of Christmas. It's a great time of year. We spend time with our family, but we also have pressure to start spending money. So I want to thank Aziza. Aziza is a great friend and a listener to the podcast who had a question for me that I think is really relevant for this time of year. And I mean, we do experience spending issues on other times of year, but I just think that it's, you know, increased during this type of year. It's a lot more pressure. This question comes from Aziza, as I said, and she writes, my friend brought up the fact that she's an emotional spender, but I wasn't sure exactly what she meant. I'm, it made me think about some of my habits. I was wondering, how do you get that under control? Thank you, Aziza. This was a great question. I think from the conversation I had with Aziza from her question, she also wants to know like, if she is one and, of course, some steps to go about fixing it if that's the issue. So like I said in the beginning, spending is a tricky topic. We have to spend on some level to get through our week. And oftentimes we make decisions that aren't best for our financial goals. Since my primary focus is teaching everyone the importance of debt control and financial organization, which ultimately will lead to a greater sense of financial comfort, spending can be one of those things that stands in the way of reaching our success point. And so it's really important that we get a good idea around our spending, have good habits, but also it's important to recognize if our spending is out of control or how it is affecting us from reaching our financial goal. In order to accomplish a major financial goal, it takes time and you have to have balance. So I don't agree with some of the financial advice out there that says, don't live your life while accomplishing your goal. It's really hard to sustain a long-term goal around your money and not have some sense of balance where you get to spend money in, in the process of actually getting to that step. And I'm talking from experience. So as many of you all know out there, not only am I a financial coach, but I paid off the $71,000 of debt. And in the beginning, I really tried not to live my life. I tried to 
sit in the house and only pay off my debt. I didn't spend a lot of money on socializing. I didn't spend any money on socializing. There were days that I didn't eat, you know, the way that I wanted to eat. I would often really like pull it back and only eat sandwiches and maybe a bag of chips. And like, that was my meal for the day. And that's fine if that's what you like to eat. But it's another thing if you're doing it out of punishment for the fact that you have debt and you're trying to get out of it. So I'm not telling you to go the complete opposite direction where you spend a lot of money. You have to pull your spending back in order to accomplish financial goals. Most financial goals, you have to pull your spending back. And when it comes to paying off debt, you have to control your spending. But don't like just sit in the house and do nothing at all, because how are you going to sustain? So remember, accomplishing major financial goals is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So you have to be able to sustain month after month and sometimes in my case, year after year in order to reach that goal. So let's first identify what emotional spending is. Emotional spending happens as a result of, of course, your emotional state. If you ever find yourself spending money because you're angry, you're sad, you're bored, you're stressed, these are just a few examples of times where you could spend your money out of an emotional state. If you find yourself in those positions, most likely you're an emotional spender. And the problem with emotional spending is, is it's really a temporary high. There's no long-term satisfaction. So you might go out to and spend your money after a really bad day or a bad fight with your partner or something like that, but then it just wears off. You might have charged your card or giving your money for a really fun purchase at the time, like clothing or something for your home. But once you bring that package home, after a day, I mean, sometimes less than a day, you really don't have any more satisfaction out of that purchase. And the problem is still there. Whatever the issue is, is still there. And so you not only have not confronted the issue, but the other result of that is you've pushed your financial goals further back. Therefore, you just keep doing it again and again as a long-term solution to the situation, but it's not a long-term solution. It's very temporary. A lot of times in these situations, we're spending and we're not very aware of when we're spending the money. So you have to put a stop to the cycle. Not all spending on, I will say, quote-unquote, fun stuff is considered bad, like I mentioned earlier. It's when we're spending to heal an emotional wound without a plan for the problem. So when you're spending without a plan or you're spending in areas that don't bring much value to your life, that's a big red flag. And you're not alone. So many people have that situation. So let's focus on this podcast for the rest of podcasts. I want to talk about how we can identify emotional spending and then some tactics to put in place to replace the habits. So in my opinion, from the work that I've done, um, I wasn't a heavy emotional spender at all. 
but I did find myself browsing a lot, but I have seen it with a lot of my clients. So I've worked on some tactics on how you can identify emotional spending, and I think it might help you going forward. The next time that you spend money without a plan or a prediction that you will be spending that money, take some time for some self-discovery. I want you to really think before you make the purchase. Take a phone out, your phone out or a piece of paper and start to jot down what you're experiencing at that very moment and what you experience in your day or your week. And so when you do this, you start to really pinpoint some of the things that are currently happening with you that can determine whether or not you are spending out of emotion. I think a lot of times when we have no plan to spend this money, but we end up in the store or we end up in a, on a website, it's usually the result of an emotional state. And when you make that purchase, just Keep in mind, every time you make that purchase, you're pushing yourself further and further away of paying off your debt. So I can tell you from my experience, like I said, I wasn't a heavy emotional spender, but I do, and to this day, I'm going to talk about current day, I tend to find myself browsing when I'm bored. Boredom is a big trigger for me in my life. It's a trigger for me with food as well. When I'm bored, I tend to snack more. I tend to eat more. All of a sudden, I'm hungry when I wasn't hungry before. But another thing that I tend to do when I'm bored is decide how I want to spend some money. I start to browse online and look at things that I can purchase. I started thinking, started thinking about places I can go where I could spend my money. And it's not the best use of my money, but also it's often not the best use of my time. I had to learn how to replace boredom with more proactive and exciting things so that I don't automatically go and spend money. But I had to understand what the triggers were. So let me give you some questions that you can ask yourself. Okay, so let's get started. Did you have a bad day or week? Think really hard about this question in particular. When you pull out that phone or you pull out a piece of paper, let's say you're in the middle of the store, just think really quickly before you get up to that register, how did your day or your week go? Was it hard in any kind of way? It doesn't have to be bad as in you had a bad day at work, but it could be hard, meaning it was like, for me, a slow week, a very boring week. And now I found myself on Amazon clicking, 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 right? What happened in that day or week? I start to think about what are the things that have happened that led me to this emotional state? So once I've identified if I had a hard week or day, I start to look at what was it that made it hard? What made the day hard? What made the week hard? How did you react to the situation and did you receive any closure? If in my case of boredom, like most likely I just let the boredom take, take me over and then I start this cycle of boredom, but I don't do anything to like, I might not have done anything to replace 
or stop the boredom in his tracks. And so therefore I didn't receive any closure. And now I'm using shopping as a way to receive that closure. When you do these this practice, when you ask these three questions, I'll go over them again in a second, you should be very, very honest with yourself and don't hold back. Just let it all out and give yourself the honest truth. And the reason why I want you to write it down on paper is because you start to create a record of things that are happening and it makes it very real. Sometimes putting things on paper can be really hard for people. I see it all the time with my clients. Putting your numbers on paper really is really hard. Writing down all your bills and all your debts is hard and sometimes confusing, confusing and puts a lot of pressure on you. But just know that this is only information for yourself. You don't need to share it with anyone else. So if it's only for you, you should be able to relieve some of that anxiety and that pressure from actually putting it on the paper. Okay, so go ahead and give yourself permission to write those things down. So I'm going to go over the questions one more time, and then I'm going to give you an example from someone that I know in my life. The first question is, did you have a hard day or week? The second question, what happened this day or week? The third question is, how did you react to that situation and did you receive any closure? If you can get through those three steps, then you will start to develop a lot of, you'll start to have a lot of information to understand why you're in that current situation. So let me give you an example. I have a client, and for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to call her Sarah. Sarah used to shop often. She shopped online and she shopped in the store. And if I were to ask Sarah these questions, she would notice that she shops when she's overwhelmed and stressed. And so shopping is her main stress reliever. Does this sound a little familiar? Do you shop due to stress that's going on in your life? Well, Sarah is definitely one of those people, because if I were ever to ask her these questions, it would go a little something like this. Sarah, did you have a hard day or week? And she would inevitably answer yes every single time. Sarah has a high stress job, a very demanding family. So for her, she experienced stress between her nine to five. And then when she goes home, she has little relief from stress, but also she has a major to-do list that never gets shortened. So she works really hard at this to-do list and it never goes away. Once she checks two things off, three things are back on there, right? So if I were to ask her what happened this day or week, she would say, I mean, no matter what I do, I can't get ahead. And that's actually what she did say to me is that she could not get ahead. She felt defeated on a regular basis. When I asked her how she reacted to that situation and if she received any closure, she'll often say like she was just trying to keep her head above water. And so she never received closure because for Sarah, actually accomplishing goals is a big deal to her. So it was a mounting stress. She couldn't get ahead. 
her list and her life was dictated by a lot of outside elements, whether that's family or work, and she never, ever could get through that to-do list. So she's just an example, and you might see yourself reflected in her story, but it's really important to continue to do this every time you feel that urge to spend unexpectedly. Make sure you take time to be reflective and do those practices. Over time, you'll start to piece things together and you'll start to notice what your spending triggers are and and you'll stop yourself and think twice before buying. And that's something that I've done. I now notice when I start clicking around and I start putting things in that shopping cart online, I take a good hard look at what's happening right at this situation. And I really try to practice um, some patience with myself, but I also try to push off the want and the desire. So I might want it right then and there, but if I notice that boredom is leading me to that place, I'll say, I won't buy it now. I'll buy it a couple of days from now. When I do that, it gives me time to really reflect. When I come back to the shopping cart, I'm probably not going to buy all those things or buy any of those things because now I know why I was doing what I was doing. So now let's move on to replacing the habit. So I told you a little bit about what I do to push some of my urge off before I press purchase, but I want to give you some more things to think about. If you notice that you spend when you're bored like me, and like I said, that's one of my triggers, start to replace the habits with something a little more positive. And this is a practice you can do to figure out what those positive habits can be. Make a list of everything you would rather do than spend money and keep that list very close to you. So you can put it in your phone, you can write it on a little piece of paper and put it in your wallet. The next time you decide to shop to heal a situation, decide to do something on that list instead. So instead of shopping, you might decide to hang out with a friend that night over a glass of wine. That can never go wrong. I love a glass of wine. You could go visit your family. You could work out, so on and so forth. I mean, your list is your list and everybody's list is not going to be the same. I can give you some examples from my list. Like one example is if I'm bored and I find myself clicking around, I'll start to look for coffee houses I can go to because I would rather go to a coffee house, get a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and read a book and sit there and purchase something that I'll ultimately regret. And the other thing I'll do is watch movies with my husband. If I find myself clicking around, because for me, like I said, it's boredom, I might need to just have some level of entertainment. I'm never going to regret going to a coffee house and reading a book or spending time with my husband watching a fun movie than sitting there and purchasing something that I'm going to regret in the end. Since we are on the topic of regret, I just want to touch on that just a little bit more. I think oftentimes we carry a weight around with us because we're spending our money. And when we're spending our money, we often look at it as wasting our money. 
And that's because we buy material objects. And I think that those material objects don't always equal a certain level of, I guess, happiness or joy. It's just a thing. So one of the things I would encourage you to do is start spending your money on things that bring value into your life and increase your well-being. Because when you spend more money on things that increase your well-being, you tend not to regret them as much as those shoes that you thought you really didn't need, but you just felt the pressure to buy it because you really wanted it anyway, right? So I no longer spend a large portion of my money on clothes and shoes or things for my home. I spend it on things that are actually going to enhance my future, right? Like I might buy, I like books. I buy tons of books. I might buy a course. This has completely changed my life and how I feel about spending my money. I used to regret a lot of spending. And now I I don't think of anything that I've purchased around my well-being. I can never classify it as a purchase that I regretted. The only time I regret it is if I didn't use it. So if I purchased a course, for example, and I didn't use that course, I'm filled with regret because I feel like I didn't waste my money. And if I spend money on self-care and not material objects, then I just know that I'll feel better in the end. Material objects don't often enhance your well-being. So I'm just trying to encourage you to think about things a little different. I can give an example here. I would much rather have a massage than buy another pair of shoes. I think a lot of people out there might feel the same way, but we don't often think in that way. And a lot of times that pair of shoes is the same cost as a massage, but we don't think like that. We make, they make shopping so easy and so efficient that we tend to go spend our money in that direction before thinking about all the other things that we could rather do with that money that's going to enhance our lives and our families' lives. So I want to encourage you to think about things a little differently and increase your quality of life. Make a list and start to plan out paying for those things, those things that you know you deep down wanted to do and you haven't been doing them. Have you wanted to take cooking classes or writing classes or buy more e- um, audio books? But when you look at your bank statement at the end of the month, you've bought shirts and pants and shoes and things for your house. When you add it all up, did it equal the same amount as that class that you really have been dying to take? Think about it. So what are some areas in your life that you want to work on? Is it your weight? Is it your emotional well-being, your education to increase your income? Whatever it is, put your money there first and you'll start to develop a brand new relationship with your money and how you spend it. You'll eventually start to relieve the feeling of guilt around spending your money. So I hope that was really helpful for you. And I want to thank Aziza again for submitting that question. If you're interested in personal finance coaching, go ahead and send me an email. My name is Kendall and it's spelled K-E-N-D-A-L-L at jonescoachinggroup.com. 
And there you could just send me an email and say, hey, you have some quick questions or you need some help. Also, if you have a question that you want answered on this podcast, you can send it to the same place at Kindle at jonescoachinggroup.com. If you want to learn more about Jones Coaching Group or you want to listen to other podcasts that we have, go to jonescoachinggroup.com. It's all at jonescoachinggroup.com, okay? Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.